1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 20. Let's read that together. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. I ask you that question again. When were you made alive? When God put you in Christ. So Father, we thank you now for giving us your Holy Spirit. We thank you for putting us in Christ. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Now we want to thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your faithfulness. And then Lord, we also want to thank you for your cross, for your passion, for your suffering, for your death, bed, and resurrection. Now thank you now for wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And use us for your glory. Minister now to those 2.89 billion people out there. Somebody need the word. And we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you so very much for coming today. We are excited about the word in this house. Amen. amen. All right, now. I'm ministering to you two, two series really at once. And the reason why is, what I'm teaching on today, eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. That's the date, thank you. Eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. Now in that series, I'm teaching you grace. And then I'm teaching a series, Paul Priest Christ. I'm preaching to you faith. So I'm not just giving you one, I'm giving you both. I'm giving you faith and grace, which you have to understand that faith represents truth. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That's why you have to have a balance. You have to have faith and you have to have grace. Isn't that right? All right. Now, let me give you my message today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I gave you two things that's going to remain. I'm going to do a lot of recap in this teaching, but I'm going to give you two things that remain. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Three things, I'm sorry, three things that always remain. These things are spiritual. When the Bible says old things have passed away, he's talking about natural things because you are in a new covenant. And the new covenant is the covenant of grace. And the covenant of grace is spirit. Let me say it again. The covenant of grace is spirit. Uh, that's why the Bible talks about God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So that's why your new covenant is spirit. So our new covenant is spirit. All right. Now, under the new covenant, which covenant we are, spirit. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. That word charity is love. Now abideth faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these is charity. That word charity mean what? Love. love. All right. Uh, we're going to come to this camera. All right. You always can, you can come, you can come to me now. You got big cameras, new cameras. All right. Now, three things remain because they are spiritual. Now, let's go and give you my subject first. I want to give you the subject first. Uh, Three things remain, faith, hope, and love. Now, I've been talking to you on the word faith. We're not done talking on the word faith because we told you how important faith is. We gave you a, series, a teaching on how important your faith is. Let me say it again. How important your faith is. I'm teaching you two words, faith and grace. So I'm showing you how important your faith is. 
I gave you a teaching. And I told you, faith receives what grace has provided. Say that with me. Faith Faith receives receives what grace has provided. All right. Now we know what God has given us. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven and place in Christ. As a matter of fact, God has given us the kingdom. We've been talking about that. Now, how am I going to get all these things God has for me? He gave you your tools. He gave you your tools, faith, hope, and love. He gave you faith. He gave you grace. Let's show you those two scriptures again. Now, why am I doing this? Because if you're going to walk by faith, you're going to live by faith, it's going to be because you're going to be able to use the tools, the spiritual tools. It's no different than, I, t- I talked to my, my daughter over there, she told me about her car and the brother bought it secure. They do uh, uh, labor, but they have to be on call, so they're skilled trade. So when they call them, they got to have their tools. But you got to have your tools and you got to know what they are. So let's go on the stream right quick and let's give you Romans 12, 3. Then I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 7. Now these are your tools. You're going to have to learn how to use these tools and you're going to have to keep up with them. Spiritually speaking. Because if you're going to be able, I just told you already in Romans 5, 2, we taught on that. And we showed you how you operate. Matter of fact, I'll go through those three scriptures. I gave you three scriptures. So let's go look at these three things. Now, once again, let me give you my subject today. Because I already taught you on faith. I'm teaching today on hope. Now, there's a scripture that says, Without faith, but I'm going to use the term today, without hope. Loud there, brother. All right. I'm going to use the next term, but I'm going to use today, I'm going to use hope. Now, I'm going to show you what the Bible said without faith. It's impossible to please God. See that, remember, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we know that we know that because we taught that. Right. But today I'm going to show you without faith. Hope don't work. And I'm going to show you why people hope don't work. Because, first of all, they don't understand what I'm giving you. So put it this way. Without faith, there is no hope. Now, I'm showing you these three things I'm going to teach on. I've been teaching on faith. I'm not done with faith. I'm going to add it to the message. Then we got hope. Next time, we're going to teach love. Then we're going to show you how they come together. First, we showed you without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many remember that? Without faith, say without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. Now I'm going to show you without faith, there's no hope. How many ever heard people say, I'm hoping something? Or I hope so. How many know it doesn't work? So you got to understand the three things God gave you works one another. So I'm showing you without faith, there's no hope. So here's a person are hoping for eternal life. So we're going to you go all the way to the max. They are hoping for what? They are hoping for eternal life. How many know if they don't have faith, there's no eternal life for them? See, if they don't have hope, there is no eternal life for them. You got to have faith to get the spiritual things of God. When the Bible said that just shall live by faith, we're going to show you some other term, but without Without God, give you faith. Let's go to Romans 12, 3. That's what I'm waiting on. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says, For I say through the grace, 
So Paul was given the grace. That's given to me that every man that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. What did God give you? So that ought to be in the front of your Bible. It's just like your keys. You should always know where your keys, right? I'm giving you keys. So one of your keys is faith. You can't get nothing God has without it. Say faith Faith. receives receives. what grace has provided. Say everything God gave me. Spiritually. Spiritually. He has given me all things. Spiritually. I receive them with my faith. How God has given you help, how you going to get it? Everything, everything you're going to use in your life. See, that's, that's under hope. Hope will feel better. But you're not going to, faith, hope don't work without faith. Faith don't work without love. See, everything works together. So when you hear the Bible saying we know all things work together, they really do. All right. Now, Romans 12, 12 and 3, God has given you faith. Now, you should have that scripture in front of your Bible, what God gave you. Now, let's go to Ephesians 4, 7. What else did he give you? Now, all these things that God has given you is how you're going to have to live. See, when, I, when I'm talking to you, it's not, it's not like... Believe me, you're going to have to live by them. You, you, you may be young now and it don't mean a lot. When you get old, older, and then you realize the other things you used to depend on, you can't depend on, depend on them no more. You're going to have to know where your great strength lies, Samson. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 7. Okay, I'm going to go there in the, in the, in the King James. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. It got one, one scripture, it says, but unto every one of us. How many of us? But unto every one of us is grace given. Every one of us, God has given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. The measure of the gift of Christ is God's righteousness. So every one of us that God has made or declared righteous, he has given us his grace. So I showed you God gave you his faith and God gave you his grace. Now I'm going to show you why. I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 13 already, verse 13. But also in 1 Corinthians, I'm going to show you something. Let's go to chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What we try to do, we try to make, we try to wish things on people. Spiritually, you can't do it. Either they are son or daughter or they're not. And if they're not God's children, they do not have God's spirit. And that spirit is, in the Bible told you, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, We'll look at that next week. I gave you a couple of things to write down. But let's go to where we are now. First Corinthians chapter 12. And let's look at verse 7. First Corinthians 12, 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. See, remember today we are talking about uh, without faith, there is no hope. See, so the manifestation of the Spirit. Now, we got to understand what is the manifestation of the Spirit. How do I know when the Holy Ghost has manifested himself? See, how do I know that? How do I know that's a manifestation of the Spirit? And then I'm going to show you that last week when I taught you, and put that down, we'll go to that also, Luke 17, 20. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. That means you cannot be still keeping the law and receive the spirit. So then I need to show you how do you receive the spirit. See, I go back and I listen to my tapes. 
And I see, I should have said this. I should have added that. That's, that's how God do me. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given. I'm showing you what God gave you. The manifestation of the Spirit is given. Well, how many people did he give the manifestation of the Spirit to? You got your Bible, you got the screen. It told you the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Now, how many people know what the manifestation of the Spirit is? Most people don't. So you have the manifestation of the Spirit, and then you have the revelation of the Spirit. You need to know. You're a Bible student. That means you need to write things down. Or get the tape. A lot of times we say, oh, I listen to that when I listen to the tape. You never listen to the tape. And they own podcast weekly. Every Tuesday and Thursday. What I minister on right now will be on Tuesday podcast. And they'll be on there next week. And next week. And next week. And when are you going to get around to it? I'm showing you how to live now. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. God gave you faith, his faith. He gave you his grace. He gave you the manifestations of the Spirit so you could profit. That's why he said the just shall live by faith. I'm showing you how to profit. In the kingdom, you'd have to know how to profit. You can't use natural things. And then in the next verse, he started telling you what he gave you. Verse number eight. For the one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge. By the same spirit. To another, faith. By the same spirit. To another, the gifts of healings. The gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the work of the miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning the spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and self-same spirit, divided to everyone, dividing, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, if the, Holy, if the Father has given us all these things, the manifestation of the Spirit, then why you never see it in the churches? Why you never see God doing it in the churches? I pray for people every day. That's another thing you're going to have to, have to happen in your life. You must become a person of prayer. Amen. And it's not I lay me down to sleep and I pray the Lord my soul to take and to if I should die before I wake, all day you ain't praying, you ain't, you ain't getting nowhere. So to be able to do all these things, see, I got a second service, so that's why I'm back, I'm backing up and giving you a lot, and I'm going to work off of it today. Now, I gave you th- some scriptures that I need to go to now. You wrote them down? Second Corinthians four thirteen. Let's go to that one. Okay, let's go to Second Corinthians four thirteen. Now, I want to I want to give you some after I after I finish these three. You get getting ready to give me. Then I want you to write down building up yourselves because we got to do this. It's not a game. Either you are a spiritual giant or you're just the opposite. So you got to know, you, gotta, you got somewhere to go. All right, that's 2 Corinthians 4, 13, right? All right, let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. We're going to read together. We having us, we, the body of Christ, having the same spirit of faith, Say that with me. We having the same spirit of faith. So otherwise, the only difference in in your faith and my faith is my faith could be stronger than your faith. You understand that? All right. You can strengthen faith. That's why Paul said he wanted to add to their faith. You have to build up yourselves. 
you got to build up yourself to be able to use the faith God gave you. See, it don't have to be the faith. If, if, if you can build up your faith till it gets stronger, but if you don't build up yourself, you still can't use the faith. There's something seeing a baby trying to lift, lift a sledgehammer. I mean, they got the power. I just can't pick it up. All right, that, what, what I gave you next, Roman, what? 5-2. I helped y'all out. I thought y'all kept the notes. Romans chapter 5, verse 2. Gave you three scriptures. I told you I'm going to go to these first. Romans chapter 5, verse 2 says, By whom also we have access, by faith, into this grace. So God gave you faith to use the grace. That's the scripture I told you. The way you use the grace is with the faith. Now, I gave you all these gifts of the Spirit. How are you going to use them? You're going to use it with your faith. So why, when you pray for people, it don't work? See, you got you to, healing is ours, but you got to also be a person of prayer. We don't just walk into something and say, okay, work. See, but I'm going to say probably, I don't know what time it was this morning. I know something like 2 to 3 o'clock this morning because I'm up at 4. Uh, but the time God get me up. And I, Saturday night, usually Saturday night, I can't get much sleep nowhere because I meditate on the word all night. And, and that's my night. Saturday just gone. I'm, I'm probably here 4, 5, well, 5 something. So that's, that's my commitment to the Lord. But I pray for you. See, I taught in this series, Paul prayed for the church. So I'm not going to teach you Paul prayed for the church, then I don't pray for the church. But I didn't just pray that, I just didn't have this. It's on, it's on your podcast, the church prayed for Paul. See, this is not a one-sided thing, but, but, but that's what happened in the church. People want prayer, but they don't want to pray. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about 2.89 billion people. So my responsibility is to pray for you. So you know what? I have a, a prayer book, I call it. And every day, I, I ask the Holy Ghost in the prayer book to remind me to pray for you every day. Sometimes you get prayed for twice. I'm going like, man, I'm getting a little, little much on here, but that's okay. And I write your name down. When I, I, got, I try to pray for every position in the church, every person in the church. And especially there's, there's a lot of people, they get prayed for every day. Because they have to have it. If you got any kind of ailments in your body and I find out about it, then I put you on my list and I pray for you every day. As a matter of fact, I pray for my wife and I talk to my wife about it and I say, you know, God already did that. And you didn't even notice it. Show sure did. <laughs> so that's what happens. You got to understand all these things that you have, you're going to have to learn how to use them in prayer. So when the Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, why you have the weapon? You ain't out here trying to bang devil, bang devil. Jesus took care of the devil. The Bible told you the next thing I'm going to teach on is to love one another, love your neighbor, I'm sorry, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm quite sure you love yourself. So if you pray for yourself, why don't you pray for somebody else? And God will put people in your life that you need to pray for. This is, this is real. This is reality. And you, if you want to know what you need to pray about, is find out what you're always talking about. If you just sit down and say, man, I'm talking about it every day. That just bothers me. That just gets under my skin. And God said, hmm, that's it right there. That's what you need to be praying for. And praying about. You see? All right. Now, Romans 5 2, that's all I want to use there. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. We access faith with grace. Okay, now let's go to the next one. See, y'all didn't write them down, did you? Luke chapter 17. Now, in Luke chapter 17, I taught this last week. You need to get that on, on podcast. And I show you that Jesus said the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. See, they want to know when the kingdom of God comes. But if you got works, the kingdom don't come. 
And that's what people are trying to do. They're trying to baptize the water in Jesus' name and get the kingdom. No, you can't get the kingdom that way. And then the people will come around and say, well, you know, when John the Baptist baptized them in Israel, Israel, this is what you're saying. Yeah, Israel was baptized with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Yeah, but they were not in the new covenant. See, in the new covenant, it has to be, let's go to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. First. And in Colossians chapter number 1. I just got to teach this message. I've written it probably three times, four times, something. Now I just got to preach it. Colossians chapter number three. That's not what I said, right? Thank you. Colossians chapter number one. Now let's go and look at verse number 22. When you get this, say amen. Colossians chapter one. And verse 22 says, in the body of his flesh, talking about Christ's death, death, and resurrection, through death, to present you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Now, that's what Christ did in the body of his death. He presented us before the Father. Now, watch what Paul told us to do in verse number 23. He said, now, if you continue in the faith. So he called the word of God the faith. So the new covenant is the faith. Let, let, me show you, let me show you that. See, you have a spirit of faith, but you have to understand the very word you have here is the faith. Let me show it to you. Now, I'm coming right back here, so put something there. Uh, that's Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to come back to verse number 23, right? Let's go to the book of Galatia. See, what am I preaching? I'm preaching to you the faith. Colossians chapter, I'm sorry, Galatia. Galatia, I keep saying that. Uh, chapter 1, right? Galatia chapter 1, and as he closed out the scripture, let's start at verse number 20. See, when you preach the gospel, you have to know you are preaching the faith. Uh, let's start at verse 20. It says, now the thing which I write to you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterward I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by faith to the churches of Judea, which are in Christ. But they had heard only that we which he which persecuted us in time past now preaches what? The faith. the faith which he wants to start. Now, you have to understand the faith that he wants to start was the gospel of the kingdom. Because he is preaching the gospel of Christ himself. So he's not, he, not, he didn't try to destroy that. But the children of Israel had the gospel of the kingdom. So they were, he, he tried to stop people from knowing who Christ is. They, he tried to make them get rid of the name Jesus. All right. So pre, but my point is preaching the faith. So you know when you preach the new covenant, you're preaching the faith. All right. Now this faith was once delivered to the saints. I'm not going to go back to that. When you run your reference, you'll see that. Now, let's go back to Colossians chapter 1. In what verse? 23. 23, thank you. In, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 23. I got a lot of word I want to share with you. I just want to make sure I do it in order. My whole purpose of this teaching is to make sure that you are optimistic. So you want to write that word down. You're going to learn a big word for your pastor today. Optimistic. Verse number 23, right? If you continue in the faith, are you there yet? You say, I have to continue in the faith. Right, and watch what he's going to tell you about continuing in the faith. Grounded, settled, 
Be not moved away from the what? Where if you are, if you are, if you continue in faith, then you will be grounded and not moved away from the hope. Can you see how they're connected? What is my message? Without faith, there is no, see, there's no hope. See, why people can't hope long? Now, I'm, I'm building my case because I taught you about Abraham. Remember, Abraham believed in hope and there was no hope. Without hope. His body dead, his wife's body dead. But yet he held on to hope. He held on to faith. Why? Because both of those must connect. You can't leave one without the other. All right, here we go. Colossians chapter 1. Grounded, settled, and be not moved away from the hope. The hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel. So what's the hope of the gospel? It's eternal life. Which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I am Paul that made a minister. Watch what he's going to say in verse 24. Who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given me for you to fulfill the word of God. And I'm going to show you he did fulfill the word of God. In verse number 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to a saint. They are, they are manifest to a saint. Now, there's a manifested word, and then there's a revealed word. Now, those things you should already have in your notes. There is the manifested word, there is a revealed word. How many know the difference? Let's show it to you. Now, in Acts, and, and John, um, let's do that. John 1, 14. Let's give you that. I'm going to give you the manifested word. The, different, the difference in the message that, that Paul preached to, to Israel and Jesus preached to Israel was the manifested word. But the word being preached to you is a revealed word. Do you know the difference? See, that's what you got to understand. Because if you don't know the difference, you can't preach to me the manifested word. Most people don't know nothing I'm talking about, and they are preachers. See, but there's a manifesto word. Look at it, John 1, 14. Tell me what you see. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh. See, to Israel, the word was made flesh, dwell among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word was made flesh. When the word was made flesh, what kind of word is that? That's man you, do you know what manifested me? Let me show it to you. Let's go to 1 John 1. This is why so many people try to preach to us, the church, 1 John. 1 John 1. 1 John 1 is not to you. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. See, this is, this is the difference in the word. 1 John. So that's how you know 1 John was written to the Jewish believer, right? 1 John 1 and 1. You have to know it was written to the Jewish believer. So you can't go to 1 John and give me doctrine. So that's how people tell you, well, you got to be baptized in water. What are you reading that from? From Acts 2.38. You can't use the book of Acts and give me, give me counsel. Paul is my apostle. And Paul did not start his ministry until after Acts chapter 9. And if you go to the, the books, it's the book of Romans was the first book. It was the last place Paul went, but it's the first book because it is your doctrinal book. All right, 1 John 1 and 1. That which was from the beginning. Remember, who was John writing about? He write about Jesus in the flesh. He doesn't know anything else. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, 
Now that can't be you because the just shall live by what? Right. So he can't be talking about Old Testament believers because they wasn't just. A man was justified, Romans 5 and 1, they was justified, made right with God at the cross. So that which was from the beginning, talking about Jesus in the flesh, which, was, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. We've seen with our eyes. You see the difference in their message and Paul's message? Paul's message is not, wait a minute, put this down. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. You probably heard Dr. Frederick K.C. Price. That is his scripture based on his, his ministry. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. How many ever heard that? If you ever watched Dr. Price, that's, that's his scripture. See, he, his message is we walk by faith and not by sight. So otherwise, your ministry is based on believing. If you read it out of the good news or the NLT, it would tell you that you, you live by believing. So when the Bible said we live by faith, it's just to live by faith, we live by believing. Some of you, you can check that out out of the NLT or good news, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It would tell you we live by believing. Our life is a matter of faith, not by sight. Uh, that is what Bible Good news will do the NLT. See, it's in one of them. It'll tell you, you live by believing. Now, if you're living by believing, you got to get believing. There it is. We live by believing, not by seeing. Come on now, you got to write things down. I'm, I need you to put things down so you can live by them. This is how you live. This, we ain't talking no game. This is how you going to live. If you don't live, you're going to out of here. You live by believing. That's why I give you the word when I tell you. I don't tell you what I think. Because this is how you got to live. You live by believing, not by seeing. And what people are waiting for right now, Jesus to come. Why? Because they want to see him. And they're not even thinking. That's not how you live. It can't be your covenant. You've never seen Jesus in the flesh. That's not your ministry. So watch what John says. We're back to 1 John. Thank you, it's back there. 1 John 1 and 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Can't you see the difference? Which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. That's the word of life. The word of life is a manifested word. For the life was manifested. I actually what's the difference in the manifested word and the revealed word. John said the life was manifested. We're going to go from here. I know we got other scripture, but we're going to go from here to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Watch this. Let's finish it. The light was manifested. Do everybody hear that word, the difference in that life? That life was manifested. Well, who was that light? Well, Jesus Christ, right? He was manifested. That life was manifested, and we have seen it. Now, that can't be your covenant, right? I just gave you 2 Corinthians 5. Five and seven. Do anybody remember what I gave them out of NLT? Second Corinthians five seven. What did I just give you? We live by believing, not by seeing. Well, if we live by believing, not by seeing, their covenant is seeing and then believing. Let me say it again. Their covenant was seeing and then believing. Your covenant is not seeing, but yet believing. See, that kind of stuff you need to write down. I'm giving you nuggets, man. I'm giving you a thing. It took me years to get. This is why so many people don't get it in the Bible. They read their Bible. We call pastor. Don't call pastor. Write this down. By the tape. You got to get this. How do you think I get it? 
because I'm in his face every day. Let me give you a nugget right there. I, I love to get them nuggets away. I got so many nuggets. This stuff keeps me going. I realized what the Garden of Eden was. How many would like to know? Amen. Not enough. Later. I ask you again after why. Ask you again after why. No, 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 no. Ask again after why. First John. I was going to tell you. First John, first John 1 and 2 said, For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And we bear witness, Paul, uh, Pete, uh, John says. And we show to you that eternal life. Now, they life that was manifested was eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Never manifested to Gentiles. He was manifested to the Jews. John 1, if you look at John 1, it says he came to his own, verse 9, 10, 11. His own received him not, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to as many as believe on his name. Their salvation was believing on God's name. Your salvation is through his blood. See, if you don't know this, you can't give people counsel. And if you do, you're giving them the wrong counsel and you are detrimental to their ignorance. Now, you got to learn out what detrimental is now. All right, you wrote, you wrote, you wrote the word down optimistic? I'm going to give you two definitions for the word optimistic. Now, don't forget this now because this goes with my message. You probably heard somebody ask somebody, are you optimistic, right? All right, you want to write, write these words down, if I can find it. Okay, here we go. Confident about my future. Now, how many is optimistic? If you're optimistic, you are confident about your future. Now, that's what hope does. Hope gives you confidence about your future. So when somebody tell you about what's going to happen and how bad it's going to be, see, we got that. We got that report. I used to work at General Motors, and they told us Plant 6 was closing down. And uh, it, you thought about being optimistic about your future. It didn't look very well. But I knew somehow, some way, God was going to provide. And he did. He opened up the job bank. And I was there for eight years. Matter of fact, 10. I retired out of the job bank. See, if you don't know what the job bank is, forget it. You go in, you sit down. Eight hours, if you, don't, if you want to, or you go work with somebody, whatever, like in a business or something. I went to United Way and stayed eight, eight, 10 years. Well, that was how God did me. So, but at the same time, so I had a chance to experience the grace of God. For 10 years of my last 10 years working General Motors. Now, everybody don't get that. But you got to understand something. I could have chose to worry and all this other stuff, but I just chose to believe God has something for me. Okay. Now, that's optimistic. Now, here's another word. Positive outlook. So, you have to remain optimistic. Say it to me. I must remain optimistic. Right. Why? I must remain having a positive outlook, right? Regardless of what somebody else say, how things are going in the world, that don't mean they're going in the world that way for me. Isn't that right? So when somebody starts talking about how bad it is, it don't mean it's that bad for me. Let, let me tell you something. When God... Let me tell you, if you understand Israel, I've been studying the tabernacle. I don't know why he got me back on the tabernacle again, but it's very good. I've been studying the tabernacle. When God, children came out of Egypt, they had to put all the tribes around what they called the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had, in the third dimension, the mercy seat where God met with the people. Uh, let me put it this way. See, that brings me back to the word tabernacle. The temple. And the reason why, because that's where God met with the people. Let me say it another way. The temple is the, is the meeting place of your soul and God. See, I, I be wanting to give you a lot of stuff, but see, I don't believe in throwing stuff down. 
falls to the ground. Then you'd be like, what did he just say? What did he said something this morning. You got to get this stuff, man. You are now the temple of God. Amen. So if you realize what the tabernacle was in the old covenant, it was the meeting place of man and God. Let me, tell you, let me tell you what, let me tell you another way to look at it. It's where heaven and earth came together. The representative of heaven and the representative of earth met in the Garden of Eden. So you have to know what Eden was. Eden was it's a, it's a type of the tabernacle that God made in the wilderness. So the Garden of Eden was the first place that God has in the Bible that he met man. It was the type of the temple, type of the tabernacle. So that's why when God wanted to find Adam, he went to the garden. Your soul now has become the very temple and tabernacle of God. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? God lives in you. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. So when God wants to meet you, talk to you, he meets in the temple. So that's why God is, has to be in your heart. This is why you got to make sure you have the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot please God without faith. You can't talk to God without faith. He that coming to God must believe that God is. He's able. So you want to write down 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 9. That's another thing we're going to look at. See, you, you, believing God has to do with his ability. If you're going to believe God, you've got to believe God is able to do what you're asking him for. If you don't believe he's able to do what you're asking him for, you're in unbelief. That's why Paul gave us Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him who's able to do exceeding, abundant, above all we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And that power that worketh in us is faith and love. So you can't limit God when it comes down to what God can do. If you do, you won't be able to work with God. God can't work with your faith because your faith says he's limited. See, your faith has to be able to say how powerful God is. So your faith, your faith is a measuring stick in you that allow God or not allow God to operate in your life. That's why I asked the question, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, once again, how many remember it? I heard the word believing, that's all. We live by what? So when the Bible said the just shall live by faith, it means the just shall live by believing and not by seeing. Now if you live by believing, just, just think. Just think when somebody telling you things and you don't believe and you wonder why you're not living. That's why when God's words say something, don't question it, believe it. You might not understand it, but don't doubt it. And don't measure, don't measure the word that you know by the inactive of me. Because I can say things and miss it. I can meant to say something and say something else. And when I go back and listen to my tape, I see it. See, that's where love come in at. I don't care where I hear somebody going through something or something bad by people, I give them what you call the benefit of the doubt. Because they could have meant to say this. Have you ever meant to say something and went back and listened to yourself and somebody told you, yeah, you said it. No, I ain't said that. You did. <laughs> but you have to understand, that's how it is with everybody. So as a teacher, I'm going to say some things and you'll be like, oh, see that he said something wrong. i come back and check. I hear it, believe me, when I get that tape, I'm like, oh boy, I shouldn't have said it. How many know who I'm supposed to be right now? Luke 17, 20, I already told you that, right? 
That's the only place, 2 Corinthians 9? All right, now, what I want to do in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I want, I want to just show you that we always read that. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 6 through 9. Uh, can we do that one verse out of the NLT? I think that's what I did. It out of. No, good news. Good news Bible, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. I got all my Bibles out today. 2 Corinthians 9. But without faith, there's no hope. Now just think, here's a person who wants to go to heaven, but he doesn't have faith. I gave you a definition of the word faith, and you must understand what faith is. Faith is also the spiritual seed. How many know what Christ is? Yeah, but he's seed, but what kind of seed? He's spiritual. So Christ is a spiritual seed. So you have to understand, your faith, that's what your faith is. Your faith is the spiritual seed. Now, if you're going to get something from God, you must have seed before you can have hope. Let me put it this way. If you know anything about farming, if you put seed in the ground, you have hope. But if you never planted a seed, you don't have hope because what you're hoping for? You can only hope for what you sow. So if you never plant seed, the farmer never walk around and tell you he got a God because he had never planted no seed. But if you ever plant a seed, he's he expecting a God. And he can tell you what's going to come up in that God. Why? Because he know what he sowed. So if you don't have faith, you don't have spiritual seed. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. Out of the Good News Bible. Are we there yet? Back to, okay, here we go. Remember that the person who plant few seed would have a small crop. The one who plant many seed would have a large crop. Each one should give then as he has decided not with regard or out of a sense of duty. God loveth the one who give gladly or cheerful giver. And God is able. Remember we used that word able before? Yes. He that coming to God must believe that God is able. able, right? So here it is again. For God is able. He's able to give you more than you need. Now you have to understand that's how you have to be when you come to God. You have to know this has to be a way of life. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 once again said what? Believe. See, I'm going to keep doing it until you get in your spirit. You have to keep going back and looking at your notes because you don't have it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. That's what I'm hearing. Just one person just said for the class, how did I get it? For we live by believing, not by seeing. Thank you, sir. So if I'm going to live by believing, then I better get, believe, get to believing. But I got to know what I'm supposed to be believing. Because that's some stuff on television and radio that I shouldn't be listening to. And shouldn't be believing. So he got to be talking about the word, right? But he's not talking about everybody who said he's a preacher. Because everybody don't know the word. He's talking about his message. The message of grace. I'm going to show you that in a minute. So he says here in verse number 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 8. God is able to give you more than you need. And then it says, so that you would always have all you need for yourselves. More than enough for every good cause. As the scripture says, he giveth generously to the needy. His kindness lasts forever. And God who supplies seed. I showed you God here dealt to every man the measure of faith. I'm showing you what he gave you. Just like if you go back and look at the parable, he gave everybody up in that parable. He gave everybody and he came back and see what they had gained by sowing. That was faith. 
It says, and God who supplies seed for the sower and bread to eat would also supply you with all the seed you need and would make it grow and produce a rich harvest for your generosity. Now, watch this. What happened from your generosity? But what happened with people is they don't sow it. And then if they sow it, they don't, they sow it grudgingly. So when God, there's something God gives you, it's not for you to keep, it's for you to sow. And you're going to have to learn how to hear the voice of God. That's why you must understand about being the temple of God or the tabernacle of God because the spirit of God is in you and your soul's supposed to hear what he's saying. And he can't hear what he's saying if you ain't never, if you always talking. You got to pray and you got to let God do the talking. Sometimes God will absolutely tell you to shut up. But, you, but, but what I say to you is make sure you have the Spirit of God living in you. Because if you don't have the Spirit of God living in you, that, that's, that's what the problem is. And, and the key is you have to be where the anointing of the Spirit is. Let me put it this way. The tabernacle is where God's presence. So if you are really the temple of God, I can tell if I'm around you long enough, it was the presence of God in your life. And the presence of God is the only thing that will keep evil spirits out. See, this is not a game. You must understand what I'm saying. If the presence of God is living inside of you, he he would also keep demonic spirits away. Remember, you was... Satan's house before you was God's house. When the devil was cast out, he said, I'll return to my house. So you have to understand that. And if you got Christ in you, the devil can't come in the house. So, so you must understand that kind of thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11, the last verse, he said, he would always make, sure, make you rich. He would always make you rich enough to be generous at all times. So that many would thank God for your gifts, which they receive from us. See, you'll have people thanking God for you. How many know where I'm going next? I didn't give you nothing else. Oh, I did give you something else. See, that's what I'm saying. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. See, this is what you got to understand about the Holy Spirit. I was talking to you about the Holy Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to the next service. Hopefully I can get into some of that next service. And I told you about, I told you to write down building up yourselves. Now y'all remember that now, don't you? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The next service, I'm going to show you that if you're going to operate in faith, you must build up yourself. And there are only two ways the Bible talks about you building up yourself. There's only two ways to do it. And if you're not rooted and grounded in the word, then you're not going to be able to build up yourself. So when storms of life come, you're just going to knock you over like a plant. And you wait till the next wind to blow you back up straight. You'll catch on later. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 verse 1. I'm just going to have to close there. I see my time is already slipping away. There, therefore now, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Watch what he said about those people who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So these people are led by the spirit. Said they are led by the spirit. So to, to walk after the spirit means to be led by the spirit. Remember the Bible said in the book of Galatians chapter 5, 
they that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So you're a son of God, you are led by the Spirit. That's, that's how you know you're, you're a son of God. Now you have to ask your own self, am I led by the Spirit? Don't lie to yourself. Either you're led by the Spirit or you, you do your own thing. It says in verse number two, for the law of the spirit. Now this is the new covenant. The law of the spirit of life. Remember I told you earlier in 1 John 1 and 1, I showed you the manifestation of the spirit. And I showed you under the manifestation of the spirit, then you have the word manifested. See, healing is a manifestation of the Spirit. There are people in this house I have on my prayer chart. Brother, Brother Gene, Sister, Sister Catherine is one of them. There are several people in this house that I have. I got Brother King on my prayer chart. Pray for him every day. I got people on my prayer chart. See, once you come in my life and you tell me there's an error in your life, I'm going to pray for it until you come and tell me. Pastor, stop praying. It's gone now. So you got to understand something. When you hear, I hate to hear people, especially in the world, and they'll say, we we want the church, we want the people to know who lost somebody that we are praying for them. First of all, you don't have faith. You don't have hope, but you're praying for me. Somebody who's not spiritual cannot pray for you. You are a spiritual person. You are a new creation. And a person who's not in the spirit can't pray for you. They in the world. How are you going to pray for me in the spirit? But you who are in the spirit, you're supposed to pray for people. So the Bible said for the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had, past tense, made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm already free from that law. What the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for a purpose, to condemn sin in the flesh. He did it on the cross. He judged sin in, in, in the flesh. Why did he do it? That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Let me say it again. The righteousness of the law ended in us. It was complete in us. That's why Paul said you are complete in Christ. Who walk not after, he's not actually, he's telling you walk not after the flesh, but you after the spirit. That's the thing. Because if the next verse says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. So you know the whole thing about being saved is to be spiritual minded. I did a series on the, on, on, the, on the podcast, Renew Your Mind. To renew your mind means now I have the mind of Christ. I have a spirit mind. To have a spirit mind, I'm going to need that. If I'm the temple of God, I'm going to need that because the only way I could communicate with him is in the house. I must listen to his voice. And when I hear his voice, I must agree to what he says. That's believing. That's why I told you, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, this is how I got to live. He tells me what to do and I do it. I'm led by the Spirit of God. He lives in the house. My soul lives in the house. That's why I'm in Christ and Christ in me. This is how I live. He keeps my soul alive because he is the Spirit of life. My soul is in the spirit of life now. Listen, my time is already gone here, but I sure hope you have enjoyed this television broadcast. The Bible says it just shall live by faith. Believing is how you have to live now. Not by seeing, but by believing. You must hear the word of God. You must believe the word of God. The next teaching I'm going to do, I'm going to show you how to receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you how to know you have the Holy Spirit. But you got to be now led by the Holy Spirit that's in you.
You are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. God speaks to you, listen, in the garden, which is God's temple and God's tabernacle. It's the place where the fruit grows. So that's why the more you speak to God and the more you allow God to talk to you in your life, there'll be fruit in your life because that's who you are. You're supposed to bear fruit unto God. Hey, Christ died for our sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. Receive him now into your life and let him be the final say-so in your life. My time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.